Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. The show trying to empower you, the individual, to tear down that metaphorical wall that's been created and to look to see what's on the other side. And it's usually truth, and it will be truth, but everyone comes at it at their own way, and everyone discovers their own truth. And with that, uh, we have another guest I found on Instagram. Someone very interesting and fascinating. Again, I clicked on their profile, and I was like, yes, 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 hell yes, awesome, badass, cool. And it's, she's one of the others, as we all often talk about on this show, from Timothy Leary. The whole idea of finding people people who are similar to you, are on your same wavelength, are on that journey and on that path of growing. And so I, with this, I have someone who's very much on this path, similar to all of us. And so today we have Brianna, someone who I found again on Instagram. Uh, she has a couple of Instagram profiles. Uh, she's pretty big on one of them, and uh, I really like the one that she calls pineal.activate. And as y'all can sense, it's all about the pineal gland, opening up that third eye and seeing what's the truth in this world. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Brianna to the show. How are you doing, Brianna? Hi, yes. Thank you, Juan. I'm, I'm doing amazing. I'm, I'm happy to connect with you on here and uh, just kind of bounce off ideas. And yeah, just it's amazing to be able to connect with like-minded individual in this, individuals in this space um, and to be able to just share ideas and we're in a in an unprecedented time in a positive way in this aspect and that we can from all over the world those who are um sort of finding and those you know asking questions uh we can connect in a way that was never possible so uh i'm i'm happy and excited to to be here awesome great great so I like to always start off by asking people how they began their journey because to me it's very fascinating to hear everyone's origin story. Um, I usually hear either 9-11 or the book 1984 or just being uh, a person who questions a lot. Tell me about you and your childhood or, or what you think it was that brought you to this process of awakening. Yeah, so for me, it actually started, I would say, in a spiritual aspect, not necessarily looking into like the underbelly of the deep state and, um, you know, the what's going on politically and that and the government side of things. It was actually just, you know, me at 16 years old. Uh, I was just, you know, having I was having before then I was having thoughts and experiences that I couldn't really point to or understand how to tangibly uh, make reason for what I was feeling and thinking. And it was just sort of this expansiveness of being connected to something wider and larger than what I could ever even conceptualize. And so, I mean, I grew up on like, you know, 21 acres of land in the middle of nowhere in the woods. Mm. So my, you know, I was in the dirt, my barefoot, I was always in nature. So I felt a deep sense of connection to Gaia and, so sort of, I guess I was having awakenings pretty young. Um, but then the, the main sort of catalyst that, that pushed me forward into this, um, into this path was reading the book, The End of Your World by Adya Shanti at uh, age 16. End of so, the World? Sorry, what is this? What book? The, end of your, the End of Your World by Adya Shanti. Um, 
yeah so i actually a friend handed me it was just like by happenstance it's just so wild to like look back and actually be discussing this now i'm seeing how the journey unfolded um yeah he handed me this book and in in class i was in high school and just handed it to me and said you know you should read it it was quite odd it just, it's wow. just little things like that that you can't make reason for or understand it's just something some divine order beyond right and um i i took the book and i read it and it changed my life so uh it helped me to actually understand and know that i wasn't alone in the way that i was feeling and it was all about enlightenment and the path of you know just awakening and uh, uh touching on buddhism and just um really just like the eightfold path and understanding just why we're here a bigger a bigger vision and so that was where it all started and so i started diving into you know throughout college and or earlier actually than just at the end of like my senior year in high school just reading different books and doing research and you know reading about an m dimethyltryptamine like nice. watching the documentary joe rogan documentary uh just diving down the rabbit holes like it's what kept me excited it's what i know is my dharma my passion is to just explore these realms and share what i find and so it started in that side in that aspect and then i would say around 21 i started exploring the darker realms so yeah. uh, that was a deeper awakening um and so yeah i i started exploring the deep state and and it was kind of hush hush on instagram there was a small community of people that i was i was researching on but those are the ogs because then yeah. they're the ones that really helped me to go deeper and i started getting on youtube and and looking into things that are definitely not available on there anymore because they're censored right, but right. some key some keywords on there um and uh that are heavily censored i mean if you look onto if you look on Instagram, it, there's these certain hashtags you can't even look at because the, it says it's associated with a with a possibly dangerous conspiracy QAnon. And so that's their reasoning for why they feel they need to shadow ban all that information, which is clearly obvious that they're they're afraid that, you know, we're a threat to the state because we've we've um, we've exposed their evils and and now they're kind of shaking in their boots like they made the beast of, of of social media and it kind of turned and backfired on them in that aspect so right yeah right. like and that's kind of a long-winded uh story of how i started diving deeper into those areas and yeah you said the pineal.activate that is sort of the the shadow side of the realm that i believe is super important uh to share information on uh, which is the deep state and, and the one world government, or, you know, all the agendas. And then the other one is pineal.activation. And so that one's that I'm really excited about. Um, that's sort of just the awakening aspect and the healing and holistic health and just uh, esoteric knowledge and all of that. So, which I believe, of course, is a, another important um, element to it. So, um, but yeah, currently right now, pineal activate is actually shadow banned heavily. So, um, I, I've been try taking a little bit of a, a break on that because, uh, yeah, I, my engagement's down about 98%. They yep. shadow banned me. Yep, yep. So. I love that. I, I love that whole, it's so strange how this community is growing. Back in the day, I guess maybe in the 2000s, if you talked about this kind of stuff, people would just look at you like, what are you on or what's wrong with you? But <clears throat> it's growing. It's growing. Like you said, social media 
and the whole internet, as a matter of fact, it kind of slipped from their hands and it gave us this power that we were not meant to have. And now we're True. meeting, finding the others. And like, I think they created social media to kind of corral us and control us and not let people go into the, the wild free internet where that's where all the real shit is. Instead, um, they want us to go just on these, these couple of apps that everyone has, you know, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and just have people there. But even there, it seems like the news and the truth is coming out. And I love it. But I want to go back to um, how you started this. You said at a, around age 16, you started having these experiences that were kind of maybe putting you on this path. May I ask, what kind of experiences were you having? I would say, you know, I, uh, looking back at it, I've tried to kind of put something on that to, to really understand what, what was it? Because it was before 16, obviously, that I was having these feelings because I remember very distinctly in my room reading this book and I just had this just like expansive, infinite, like beam of light. I felt like just emanating from me as I felt the eternal, just all that all is one. And, and I could just feel what I, I think, you know, so I knew that there was something going on before I had read the book for me to actually equate and feel this connection that I was feeling as I was reading it. And so I would say that the only thing I could tangibly say was a feelings that I was having, I guess, would have been just my experiences in nature. Um, you know, I, I can't really, I don't, you know, I would say it's just sort of like being very immersed in nature as a child, maybe a bit more so than not than every not every kid gets the opportunity to be. Right, um, right, right. I was like uh, in the woods and just playing in the dirt, and I just I think it was just the the connection I must have felt, and and that gave me this deeper sense of awareness of something larger. Um, so I would say that's really where where it sparked. Um, at a younger age and also just feeling love feeling I would say love is the greatest catalyst for um, feeling interconnectivity to all that is so I definitely know that love had something to do with it <laughs> oh yeah for sure man when I think about what is the main issue in the world it, it really boils down to a lack of love because with lack with love comes exactly. uh, properly educating your kids your community helping each other out eating properly taking care of yourself and that's all uh, that all stems from love so exactly. i want to i want to talk back um I, what you were talking about is very important you said you lived in 21 acres like far out in the wilderness i think this is a key component that i think the the dominators the new world order people that they want to to corral all the people into cities have them into these basically rat cages where everyone's just on the run from that nine to five. But I think that's why they're destroying the whole rural community, living on your own, off the grid, being self-sufficient. And then to add to that, I wanted to ask, were you in an area where you could see the stars like really well? So yeah, I actually could see the stars pretty well where I was in my home. Uh, but you know, I was pretty close to, uh, a major highway I was but it was like probably 10 minutes I mean I couldn't hear the cars I mean it was pretty much in the country um mm. out there in the middle of nowhere um in Indiana where I grew up so um yeah I could I could see the stars and I totally agree with you on that you know there is this um push for all the synthetic inorganic ways of, of living and being and um 
making, you know, people that are just cogs in the machine. And I can feel this internal shift, which I, and it's odd, I think, and it's, I'm not putting it on me. I think it's actually something like a psychic ability that we all have when we open up to it and open our third eye that we can feel collective shifts before they even occur. And for me, I was like, feeling this rise of oh my gosh the nine to five is gonna die like it is gonna happen and i'm I'm, and now we're kind of really starting to see it yeah and the collective psyche the human way of life we're understanding wait no this is not the way it's not human and it is not natural we are not designed to sit in a cubicle for eight hours a day. I mean, unless it's something, if you feel it's feeding you in the proper, like healthy ways and you feel that you are living your Dharma and path and purpose, then by all means, of course, explore those areas. But all, all too often you, you see obviously the trend of like, you know, I can't, it's Friday, thank God, or, or can't wait till the, for the weekend because people are starving for the freedom of just being the wild expression of who they are, uh, which they feel has to be, has to be dimmed down uh, in in the corporate world. Um, and so I, I, it's exciting to see this new era we're living in, where people are starting to say, you know what, this is, this isn't for me, and I can't, and I know that this shift is happening. And I think a a big part of that shift is actually social media. So people are starting to see other people living their lives and and, and having inspiration uh, that that there is something more that we are powerful beings on our own and that we can choose something different. And so it's an exciting time to be in. Although it seems like you know if you go down the dark side of the rabbit holes long enough, you start to kind of get this negative uh, cloud of you. But it all it is important to explore those areas. But also there. You know, there's a lot of amazing things going on during this the Great Awakening. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love yeah. I love the way you speak. And to go back to that that whole idea of the nine to five ending, I totally reminisce. How old are you? I'm 33. How old are you? I'm 27. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, t- I guess similar type of life life path. I kind of woke up uh, around age I don't know eight or nine. You know, I, I would stay up late at night just thinking about the randomness shit. And like you said, you would have these feelings of like interconnectedness with everything. And I felt like I was just like a part of a cell of the whole world. And I, we each have our own part. But later down, I guess maybe around age 12, 13, my parents both worked a lot when I was a little kid. And I would lay down and think, why do, why do people have to work so much? It seems like animals don't have to go to work or clock in or anywhere to, to eat or to live. They just are. And then I started thinking, well, what the hell did people do before, like, uh, these grocery stores or places where people work? Like, where did people do and how did they eat? And then I was just thinking, well, I guess people in the past just lived their lives and they hunted and grew their own food. They didn't, they didn't have all these things that they could just easily get or buy or they didn't have to get a job to pay for the house that they're going to live in and the car to they, that they used to get to the job. And it was just like this kind of clusterfuck in my head, like, what are we doing? Like, aren't, aren't we so advanced? Don't we have all these robots and machines and mm-hmm. technology? Like, why aren't we like in the Jetsons type of, of age? And I was just like, man, what is wrong? And th- that kind of led me down the path of like, who's really controlling things and why are things the way that they are? Wow, that's so amazing. And that's such a young age to be having those sort of thoughts and ideas uh, running through. And it's just so incredible to hear from people, you know, uh, all over the world that are that have had these experiences at a young age and that we've been found a way to connect and 
I'm so grateful for people like you who are out there doing the work, like, you know, that you have a podcast out here. This is so impactful. It's so important. Like this is, this is such an important path in this lifetime. And so I'm just so grateful um, that, you know, we're leaving, we're leading our Dharma and we're, we're doing what we can to, to create a better world. So. And yeah, and to go back to what you were saying about the ending of the nine to five, um, I remember thinking also at that when I was a kid, then thinking in the future, I'm sure people are going to have to create their own type of, of job because people are going to get tired of this. And then I remember maybe about eight years ago, I think I heard Joe Rogan say something like in the future, people are going to develop their own job and have their own niche and kind of channel. And, and now you see it, now people have their own YouTube channel, Twitter, whatever, TikTok, and they're kind of creating their own following. They're having their own cluster of people that they share information with. And people are like, even on YouTube, you'll see someone who makes knives or someone who like uh, lives in the woods. People are like creating their own shit. And I think this is I how think. we're going to, it's not going to, we're not going to beat the New World Order by meeting in a room and planning how to, you know, destroy the government or how to, like, scheme and do all these things. It just comes from just being yourself and doing what you're passionate about, what you love doing, and from that, people will see, like, oh, shit, look at this dude. He figured it out on his own way, like, doing what he loves, whatever it, could, whatever it is, you know? And I think it's happening. It was happening at, a, at an alarming rate, and that's why I feel I want to get your take on this. This is why I feel that the whole COVID thing came out because it kind of wanted to snuff out all this awakening, enlightenment that was happening all around the world. I want to ask you, what do you think COVID it was? Do you think it was planned? Do you think it was just something that happened by accident and the people in control took advantage of it? Or what's your take on it? Yeah, so, I mean, I want to first touch on that. That's such an important note, actually, that's really interesting to say or to make point on that is that you know, I thought that as well. I think it's so exciting to see, like, I just get, like, giddy about thinking how people, there's, everyone has their own path and dharma and, like, the, you know, comparisons is the thief of joy and a lot of people in this day and age want to, it's hard not to compare because everyone's lives are, you know, maybe we can shift our, our jealousy into inspiration if we are understanding why we're feeling these, these sensations when we observe others. But, on the aspect of just actually seeing people living their dharma, like other, if you can see the beauty of that, their unique path, uh, rather than comparing, it's it's incredible to see, like so unique. Like you said, some people out in the wilderness, some people deep in like a city doing something that's important. Like everyone realizing that we can share this in a way that's just never been possible before, and mm-hmm. that's so important. I agree to realize that it's not about like you know, getting in this room and, and, uh, discussing this, this plan to take over the government. It's, it's just, it's simple, actually. You're right. It's, it's just natural. It's being who we are authentically, organically, bringing us, us, us back to that. And if we collectively continue to rise in that way, that's the greatest force. That's the greatest weapon against, uh, these destructive forces. So, that's such an important um, uh, note you made there. As far as like what I believe, uh, why I believe COVID sparked, and you hit it on the nail. Like it's exactly the way I've been. I've been been expressing it even at, at, since day one. I knew exactly, at least intuitively, that's how what my intuition was telling me as to why COVID happened was because 
uh, just this collective rise in the mind of people that were feeling this buzz of, of collective enlightenment uh, with social media and people being able to spread off into their own niche and expose information and uh, not have this sort of like oligarch system where we uh, only one guy at the top gets to share the information that that uh, supports their agenda. So they're starting the you know the one percent started to realize holy shit like we're the one percent we're actually the lonely ones <laughs> like mm. the, the the hive is much larger than us and when they start to realize that it's no good for us it's no bueno so right. I think that I I mean I totally agree intuitively what I feel is that the whole thing with COVID uh, was sparked because of. Um, like the collective shift that was happening and a fear from the top of that they were losing control and what better way to loot to, to gain your strength and power back than to put this, this overwhelming sense of fear into the minds of the masses and to feel that they give them the sense that they need to give their power away to some other exterior force and that they need to listen to the overlords so that they can understand what, in what way they will be safer rather than going inside intuitively and asking them themselves these questions like does this feel right does this feel intuitively right in my soul that i am putting a muzzle around my 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 mouth that i'm being told to stay six feet away from a human that i'm being heard like a literal sheep like and and told what to do and say and and being knocked off of social platforms because my views, because I'm questioning things. And, you know, I think that for me, it was just so deeply clear that there's something greater happening here and that it wasn't serving us in, in the most, um, you know, it wasn't serving us in a, a good way. However, you know, if we look at the collective, uh, if we really like expand out beyond and we, we think like, I guess, you know, COVID was supposed to happen in a way because it, it, I think it backfired on them and they wanted the great reset, but they got the great awakening because so many people started saying, well, what, although there were plenty of people that weren't asking questions and were feeding and said, you know, trust the science. Um, there was also a lot of people on the other side of the spectrum that truly awakened. And I was able to see that with, even within my, my community people that you know used to literally bully me like knock on my door to like fight me type of shit like i come from a place where like i've always been very outspoken and not afraid to to stand in truth that's what i know it's like sat nam like i know truth i stand it at all costs and i always have and so i i came from a place that was very like conservative and and views of not really expanding beyond like what was in front of them so I got a lot of backlash from that. And uh, yeah, I just think that there are there were a lot of people though, even back then that came to me and started awakening and like from back in my hometown and they follow my stuff and they respond to it. So it's, I know that it's happening because in my small like community, I'm seeing it. Um, but I think that with COVID, I, yeah, I think you just really gotta be careful when when you see that these higher forces up there are are 
possibly, you know, we'll never know. Maybe it was, we know it's zoonic, like it came from, it apparently, you know, came from a lab in Wuhan. We'll never really, I guess, know the true story of how it happened, you know, whether or not it was plotted as a scheme. I mean, it's a little odd that event 200 or event 201 occurred just like a couple months before. Um, and that, and the guy, one of these Chinese government officials who should have known about COVID was actually at the event because it, uh, COVID was sparking in China, like before mm-hmm. the, before the event 201. So it's just kind of, there's a lot of really weird things. I think it could, yes, it could also easily have been something that was put out into the masses to, um, to get so they could get a grip, get a grip and get a hold, give themselves a reason to be able to censor the masses, right? So let's censor the masses on social media under the guise of their safety. Let's label it as safety. Um, I mean, you go to the, con- the community guidelines on Instagram and it's all like, we don't support any information that goes against something that could harm others, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how they, that's how they use it. They say it's for the collective great, it's for the greater good. And that's how they get the, the the masses to go against one another because that's what they want. They want us divided. They want us fighting with each other so that we can't, so that we think we're the enemy. Um, and yeah, as far as like trust the science goes, yes, of course there is science, but science is like never settled. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you see a system that is rejecting hypotheses and asking questions and, and bouncing off ideas to find a re- resolution, um red flag like science is always shifting and changing as we shift and change as a species and understand things better um so i mean yeah clearly backfired on them so because they've they've shown um that they don't even trust their own science but let me ask you this because i feel like i don't know do you feel like they were really going to try to use this to like really control the world or 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 do you think this was just a test run? I think that, like I said, you know, I there's no way for me to, to truly know whether or not it was plotted on their ends or whether or not it was actually some accident leaked from a Wuhan lab or wherever it came from. Uh, me, intuitively, what do I feel? I feel that, yeah, something was up and I do feel like it was on purpose. That's just my take. However, I could be wrong. Who knows? I uh, do think that it was, however, like I said, and I believe it was just a little nudge forward into the direction of mm-hmm. the the world that they wish to create. And um, because I know that there are dark forces, evil beyond what most people would be able to swallow right right. i would definitely want to get into that uh i'm sorry sorry to cut you off but um go ahead what did you say sorry no i definitely want to touch up on that dark evil stuff but i think what i want to continue on this thread that i feel i think whatever the case being i think it's awesome that people push back and that uh they didn't take it it's like people push back uh the Freedom yeah. convoys, the farmers waking up. It seems like the people was like, okay, okay, we see the jig, and now we're gonna push back. And now it's like you've made yes. these people even angrier, and like they're more, more like I got my stake on the ground. I'm gonna push back against the new world order. And I love seeing the signs everywhere, the farmers, you know, on the poster signs talking about George Soros and Bill Gates and Fauci. I love it. 
I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, I feel like, yes, this was plotted to, to do some dirty work to get people to... It's just a little, like... It's a little thing they sprinkled out there for, for a greater, larger plan. They wanted to see how the, the masses would react to this sort of totalitarianism and a lockdown and just a police state. And so... Yes, I think it could have been a test run for sure. And I totally agree. It backfired on them in, in a way that they're like, you know, holy shit. There, although there are going to be a lot of people that are going to follow exactly what we say, there are a lot of people as well that are, are fighters. And they're going to they're gonna fight for the truth and for freedom and for love and for what is what is the world we want for our children. And it was so empowering and beautiful to see people from all over the world and uh, rising up. And yeah, the, the convoys and in and, and Canada, I've connected with a lot of people on my platform through Canada. And um, I don't know if you know Officer McNully, but he's amazing. Like I, he's such an inspiration to me. He, I think it's also called Exporter Cop on Instagram, but we actually just touched base a couple of days ago. Um, and I just, I, I support him so much. Like he's such a warrior. He just seriously went out in like a real alpha male. And like, uh, there was a lot of guys, you know, out there posting all these types of information and memes and stuff. Like, you know, the clearly awakened men that were posting things about what was going on, but were they really physically out there? Hmm. Like, were they really out there doing shit saying, you know what? No like like hard and heavy no and he's he's just such an inspiration to me so shout out like he he's he's the the like poster of what i believe a, a true warrior like man is he just went out in the trenches and risked it all and continued to fight for freedom and he's still doing it today um even when it's not like a trendy thing as it was when when everything was just going crazy so yeah, I totally agree with you. It's amazing to see all these people um, standing for, for the truth. Uh, right now, when you were talking about that guy, Officer Mc... What would you call him? What was his name? Officer McNulty. He has a... Uh, he has... Exporter cop, too. Let me see if I can find a... I think it might be Exporter... Yeah, Exporter cop. It's J. Patrick McNulty on Instagram. That's the one he's using right now. Um, okay. No, I, I don't think I, I've heard of him. But when, when you were talking yeah, about I, him, I, I got the image yep. in my head of um, he's literally like a modern day warrior on this current war. Like back in the day, of course, people fought like in long lines. They stood in the battlefield and marched toward each other. And then as guns evolved, they created trenches and then they had to fight that way. And then in Vietnam, they had to fight in the trees. And then in Iraq, they had to fight in Humvees and, and with like in the desert. And now it's evolved to this grand stage where I believe this is World War Three that we're in right now. It's just it's being fought through information, misinformation, these little wars going around all over the world, these things that they spark like Sri Lanka falling and these countries collapsing. It's part of the war. And that guy, Officer Magnoli, that you were talking about, he's a warrior like He's not dressed as they would be in the past, you know, with like the whole guardman and all that. But he is a warrior, like, and the way he fights is just posting the truth, you know, posting it wherever it is. Exactly. And it's, they crack down really heavy in other countries, especially like Canada and Australia. And he just, he was fighting for his family and for, you know, their, 
the freedom and, and for his children. And so I just, he's just like one of the greatest inspirations to me uh, in this time for sure. And he continues to fight. And so I just really look up to him and he insp he's inspiring. And I hope that other men can see him as, as a way for, for what, um, you know, as inspiration as well. And women, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great to see. And I agree, we are in World War Three. Uh, right now, for sure, it's spiritual, yeah. and um, yeah, it's wild times. <laughs> okay, cool. Also, I want to go back to what you were talking about. I want to grow as, as your progression on your journey. So throughout 16, you were having these weird experiences. You read that book, and then you... Uh, when did psychedelics come into the picture? Because I'm sure you're aware of those. Yeah, funny. Like, I was being exposed to the realms of psychedelics around 16 uh, because... It's interesting. I grew up in a world like, you know, kind of like in the middle of nowhere. But it was just an interesting circle of people that I was around um, before I did, I did transfer schools, though, my junior year um, into more of like a upper echelon area where there's like doctors, kids and, and just was a lot more money in that area. But uh, the place that I had been before then it's just as interesting It's sort of like this eclectic group of people that were very artistic and uh kind of like indie style i guess and um really unique souls uh and so yeah a lot of people were dabbling in psychedelics and for me like i i did have this sense of fear at that time i, I just i knew it was something that i wanted so badly i was passionate about it I, it made sense to me like i was fascinated by psychedelics i've been researching them like i said since 16 years old however i was always i was always afraid to do it and because i'm just like kind of fucking crazy <laughs> and so i just was afraid that like it would just be too much for me um you know i had my first my first psychoactive experience wasn't even with psychedelics. So I believe that, you know, uh, weed, marijuana, you know, cannabis can be a, a stimulant for those sort of experiences, oh, yeah. especially if you're already kind of like, you know, awakened. And so, yeah, my first experience actually was at 16. Um, I had, and I full blown, like I full blown tripped it was just weed. I don't know, like, what went on there. It was the most intense thing, and I'll never forget it. Um, I've had it, a couple of the experiences happened since then, and so I wonder if my mind was, my psyche was triggering it, but it never was to the level of what I felt that day. So, I mean, not to get, like, super deep into it, it was just basically, I don't know if it was, like, laced with pcp or something but oh, what doesn't make sense is that no one the other two guys i was with another girl my my best friend emily and but the other two guys that had smoked with me out of the bowl they didn't react that way at all like they're totally fine hmm. but like i i it was the worst trip of my life like worst uh but yeah like i time shifted somehow i was in the car and then i was outside of the car and everyone was moving in slow motion and i fell into the grass but i fell into the grass hundreds of times like it was fucking insane hmm. <laughs> and i i don't know if i but i like i said i've had like the sort of nuances of that experience a couple times after probably like six more times just smoking weed but it's not it was never to that level and i don't know if maybe it was i've i've thought it like pointed like that maybe it's me feeling, you know, I'm a cancer and I can, I can just so deeply feel 
things around me to the point where it's almost like, holy shit, I'm melting into it all. And so that's why I've kind of found peace. It's, it's a meditation for me to like work through my anxieties, smoking um, cannabis uh, to understand myself better and my, like what I'm feeling. Um, so like I, when I was smoking or when I smoke now, and if I start to kind of have feelings of like, whoa, being disconnected, I realize I think it's just my body merging into the expansiveness of the infinite and that I don't fear that. Why would I fear that I am infinite? So yeah, that, I don't know what really occurred that night at 16, but that was my first like trip. And, uh, it hasn't been at that level with smoking weed ever since, but like it, like I said, now I think it's more so just me feeling, uh, awareness to something larger and it's, it's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. But yeah, no, as far as psychedelics go, I have, uh, I've done mushrooms. So what else have I done? I've, I mean, um, I mean, ecstasy isn't, isn't, um, psych psychedelics, but yeah, I haven't done LSD. A lot of people would message me because my account, right. Thinking that I've done every drug under the sun, <laughs> everyone thinks like, can you give me advice on this or that? I'm like, dude, you actually don't realize I have only done mushrooms and I've had some incredible experiences on them. Yes. LSD will happen. Um, I'm just very, uh, like I treat these experiences as a very sacred space and I'm not just going to like nonchalantly do them in a party scene or like with people I don't, that I know, but not necessarily I want to take the journey with. Mm -hmm. I did take my first journey with mushrooms at 22. Um, I, I moved out to California for the summer before my last year, my senior year of college and uh, a guy I was dating at the time, uh, was a holistic doctor and he, we did, I trusted him enough to like do it for the first time. So yes, I've had some really interesting experiences with mushrooms. Um, that, that's interesting sure. because I find, um, bricks in the wall this show is kind of just about all the bricks in this wall that i feel are keys to kind of tearing down the wall itself and i feel one of the giant ones is psychedelics and drugs and kind of also just having these weird experiences that make you question shit like even just like you said you fell to the ground i think even just without being on drugs being sober i think falling can be a catalyst to get you to like okay why did i fall what did i do just get you to start questioning stuff and this that to me, this sets off this thing in motion where you're like, okay, you question this, you question that, and this sets the ball rolling, and you'll be like, oh, okay. And if you keep down going that path, you'll start asking the real questions like, why am I here? How did I get here? Uh, what am I, what's my purpose here? But, yeah, I feel psychedelics, and it has this tie to this, this thing of waking up because you start questioning like, oh, this is weird. How come I never knew about this? Why do I feel like this? Why am I seeing things around me melt? What is this all about? And even if you go down further and deeper, you, be, you actually have these mystical experiences. And I feel that maybe this was part of the catalyst for some religions, but I think it just, it, man, if you've really, if you've been on like a, a lot of mushrooms, you definitely feel God, you know, that you're part of, you're connected to everything, that we're all in this together. It truly is about love. You know, the cliche things everybody says. And I, that's why I always love asking people about their psychedelic experiences. Is there something in particular that you remember from your psychedelic experiences that kind of stuck with you and um, had an impact on you? Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like you touched on, when you really 
uh, sit with the medicine, you feel this eternal warmth and sense of love present with you and engulfing you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that is, um, it can shift your world for sure. Especially for people that like, I mean, for people who literally have never even had a spiritual awakening, like, yeah, of course it's, it's melting. It melts your whole reality or whatever reality is and the conditioning and all the things that you thought were. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a very intimate experience with, with all of creation. So, um, I do believe it's very important for people to ponder whether or not they wish to explore it. If they think that they're, uh, that's something that they could handle. I wouldn't, you know, I think people need to, to, uh, be very serious about, you know, exploring a psychedelics and, uh, you know, cause it can trigger a lot of things. So oh yeah. 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 That, they're, that, that goes, they're safe. Sorry. They want to, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. They just want to, you want to be sure that you're not, you're taking it very seriously. Um, cause it can bring up a lot of heavy shit and it can, I mean, you're literally, you're, it's rattling the foundation of maybe everything you've ever known. So, and it's also really getting, uh, it's forcing you to look in the mirror at all of your traumas and triggers and anxieties and fears and try to melt them into love. So it's heavy and, but it is, I agree, very important. Uh, an experience I would say, uh, with psychedelics would be when I was with, uh, you know, the, um, I was actually just laying in a bed and there was this um sort of you know like the projectors that that have different um you know they're the projecting on the ceilings different like patterns and okay. movements and stuff so it was just kind of like i had seen it before and it had different colors and stuff and i liked it but this time i was in the trip and I started to, I looked at it and I just was so giddy. Like I was just so happy and it felt so safe. And then I started to just feel, or I started to see, um, like this dance going on in, in the colors. And it was these hands that were dancing forward and back. And there were like thousands of hands. And it was like this dance of flowing in and out. Like it was pulling me inward sort of. And it was like all the colors of the world. And it was like pulling me in. It was, it felt like the cosmos engulfing me and hmm. this, this warmth and embrace telling me like, like, come here, child. Like you're safe with us. We love you. We see you. And I just felt so much love. I was just, I could, it just felt, I was so happy and excited. Um, and I was just also feeling hints of the color blue and butterfly that throughout the trip. It was just weird. Like I kept seeing nuances of blue words, song that was playing colors and it was referring to blue. And then I started to see those hints too outside of the trip a couple, you know, a week or so after. 
So it was it was very interesting, um, but also there were dark elements to it. I I uh, am sensitive to mushrooms, so I and it was one of my first experiences with it. So I I think I ate on like it, them on an empty stomach. I actually like to eat them completely. Like a lot of people like to eat them with different things. And I do have this friend that makes them with chocolate and oh my God, it's amazing. But I also really love to eat them just plain, which a lot of people think is crazy. Um, But anyways, I actually started to spiral into some darkness and I got, I got sick and like I threw up and that was gross. I started like seeing intricate patterns that were disgusting and like, oh, shit. It, yeah, in my own. Yeah. So it, I was like tripping out. And then I, I just started like, ugh, I just felt really, I felt, I felt so ugly, like physically, like it's so terrifying looking in the mirror when you're tripping. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, what am I? Like, what, what is, what is me? Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. like, and I just, was like fuck and i also remember seeing the sink and i i saw the billions of atoms in the sink knob and it was trippy like the 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 sink knob i could see like the atoms in it or something because it was flowing like water um i've also had some crazy i had a, a beautiful experience out in joshua tree as well with mushrooms um that was trippy i saw like 20 shooting stars um and that's like no exaggeration i would say like no exaggeration okay i probably saw 12 to 15 shooting stars that night and like i just oh my god i felt like i was merging with everything that that is so um that was super trippy yeah that's why it love psychedelics i think they're one of the major catalysts but to go back with what you were saying of course please people do your research Make sure you don't have schizophrenia in your family. Make sure you're in a clean environment with people that you trust, that you can be away from, and maybe you have a day off after to reintegrate everything that you learn. But to, also to re- reminisce with what you said, I've also had some terrible trips, and I think I've learned the most from my terrible trips. Like you said, uh, when you threw up, I once had a trip where I had my drink, and I was writing. And I spilled my drink, and it kind of just sent me back to when I was little. And my dad, uh, my dad was a great guy, but he had like an anger issue. So one time, I remember when I was a child, I spilled my drink, and he got really upset and like smacked me. And it took me back to that, and it like brought all these feelings back. Like, holy shit, what the fuck, man? My dad really screwed with us. And I, I went through like a whole thought process of all the kind of things my dad kind of did to kind of make me into this anxious person which i kind of am but i think the mushrooms have really helped with that and then i started spiraling into this like panic attack and i was like i thought i was dying for reals i, I thought my, my heart was beating super fast um every, anything i did i dropped like my pen i dropped my papers i was like what is happening why am i feeling like this and again this is a thing i always bring up i think suffering is also a key component into waking up or to like really questioning on what can i do to change I was like, okay, chill, it's okay. You're on mushrooms, you know, you're a human. You have a home, you have a family that loves you, you have your kids who love you. And I was just going through this gratitude, um, uh, what do you call it? a gratitude practice of just like being so thankful for all the things I have. And then at the end, I just ended up laughing and like literally laughing with tears of joy of how amazing it is to be a human and that just this experience of how amazing it is. And then I also kind of, 
you know how mushrooms are you can go into cycles and waves i went into the cycle of like but damn there's so many sad people around the world so many lonely people so many kids who are abused so much hurt and pain around the world like and i felt that again but then you know i started going to the cycle of positivity again i started thinking about you know i don't know what your stance is on Christ on religion i hear you talk about dharma but uh, I grew up in a Christian household. Maybe I come up with this because I was brainwashed into it. But I really love the idea of Jesus. And I just started thinking about him and how powerful his message and his idea of, his, of forgiveness and of that message of love. Like even if you're alone somewhere really hurt, the, the mm -hmm. idea of Jesus can really help people like persist and keep on keeping on. And it can be whatever religion you grew up in. I think these are all just methods and ways of connecting with source and, or something higher above uh -huh. above ourselves what what is your stance on religion and spirituality yeah um i agree with that for sure i think that um you know i i would say i like profess to any sort of like religion or ideology um however i see truths in them all I think it's called omnism actually is a term where you don't really profess to any specific religion, but you find truth in them all and you can see the reason for why collective uh, people integrate themselves into these worlds. And I agree with Jesus, right? I believe that Jesus was real. Um, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, when you see people doing like freaking uh, removing dark spirits or whatever they feel is, is flowing in their if their space is uh or you know like freaking exorcisms they bring out a bible to remove those forces mm -hmm. so like there's something there whether or not we're connecting the weight of our collective psyche into that or if you know who knows or if there's elements of it all kind of merging together into this uh to create uh, a shift and transmute this dark into light i i see truth in all religions and I also see falsehood. I see deception, and I see um, I, don't, I see things that could stray people away from the path. However, yes. who am I yes. to say what is the path? I just believe that you know, because who, who are we when when you when I start to say that this is the path, and I'm just being like everyone else who said that that was the path and creates their own dogmas and and ways of isolating others because they don't have that perception. So I think we have to have radical self-awareness and understanding um, that uh, I think that when I think it sees deception, what I would call that and, and not truth, it's anything that pulls away from like the inorga inorganic, like intuitive sense of feeling of creation that I have, which stems back to love and interconnectivity. So I just believe love is the truth. Love is all. And if, if there's anything that is, <clears throat> murkying those waters or, or vilifying any sort of uh, path that could bring us deeper into our love and connection, then I would consider that to be deceiving. Um, so, yes, I believe there's truth in all religion. I would say I'm more just spiritual in that sense. I, I feel that uh, we're on a, we are conscious, we're a part of a, we're just a fractal of infinite awareness experiencing itself as it evolves i believe the earth is aware it's conscious um and that yeah all these synchronicities are happening because we are all one 
Mm. Um, that's that's my feeling. I that's how I see it. Um, yeah. So spiritual, seeing truth in in all religion, though. I love it. I feel the same way. I love that. I haven't really heard of that. I think omniscious. What did you call it? Omnis. Omnism. Omnism. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. But yeah, I totally agree with you. But I want to go back, especially because I really want to, with a looking glass, look at this you said because I think it's very critical what you said. Yes, there's truth in all of them, but there's also deception. That's something I want to really uh, look at. What are some of the things that you've noticed that are deceptions in religions? Uh, I'll go first. You know, I don't want to offend the Christians, but some of the things that I found in the Bible that I feel can be used to kind of deceive or throw people out of the path are, are the fact that Jesus said, turn the other cheek. To be honest, I don't think Jesus would do that because Jesus went to the church. He threw the tables over. You know, he stood up against evil. He was always about destroying evil. You don't just turn the other cheek. That's one of the major things I saw in the Bible that I feel or was kind of put in there to kind of like have the people just docile and, and just turn the other cheek. Uh, one of the other things I noticed in the Bible, Jesus says that pay your taxes. Like he, There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, give into Pilate what belongs to him, which is kind of just saying pay your taxes. But I think, I think he's right when there's a just society. But when we live in a society like now, when they use our money to go and murder kids and people in other countries, I think people have to take a stance and be like, uh, no, I'm not giving my money into that. But then you go to jail. So, you know, what can you do against that? But to go back, what are some of the things that you've noticed that are used in other religions to kind of deceive people from the truth? Yeah, something I've seen spark currently in the current state of affairs of be in Iran, like just absolute mayhem currently um, with the women being violated and abused um, in Iran. And it's something I've actually been looking to, into a lot uh, beforehand, but it's really rising up right now in the collective psyche of the feminine, uh, which is something I've internally been uh, streaming through as well through my own personal affairs. Like, uh, so that's why I'm just like, wow, there is truly this higher force of synchronicity that will shift this in into, uh, you know, transmuting it. It's it's just it's such a trip. Like, um, and I feel that. Uh, yeah, what's going on in Iran is absolutely horrific, and this this will be the pinnacle of deception in the face of religion, and it is oh, just you know using women and and girls really for that matter, girls to keep uh, whatever system they have in place for uh, you know their religion, and I think that any sort of religion that is forcing people to submit to something in a way that doesn't serve them and makes them feel that their light is being dimmed. It makes them feel that they can't live their truth in honor to service what they believe is their path in this life and their purpose. If they feel that there are voices being cut off, if they feel that they cannot shine their light into this world, that to me is deception and it is evil it is wrong and uh i don't care what religion it is if if girls are getting married at the age of nine no 
Like that's not, that's no religion I will fight for. Uh, if girls are, you know, having to cover themselves up uh, under uh, and getting murdered in the streets, little girls, because they aren't properly wearing their hijab, that's where we draw a line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, if you want to wear a hijab, if that's, that's your religion, there's no harm. Like if that's what you wish, but do not force these women in, and there's a, there's like a, um, like, uh, women are actually seen as, as not at all, like tangibly valuable monetarily than, uh, men. There's like this, I forget, uh, there's shame killing as well in Iran. Like men can kill their wives or if they cheat or, or, you know, if they do something that, that they don't, that feels puts shame on the men and, um, so yeah, there is a a serious thing happening in Iran uh, based off of under the guise of religion, and we're we're seeing the collective feminine rise. Kali Ma is rising. That force of energy is beaming through me for my own personal reasons, and it's just such a trip to see collectively other women as well. Like and I started to see other women posting Kali. It's just like this collective mind that is such a trip to me and shows me how interconnected it all really is. But yes, I would say that's a form of deception I'm seeing currently um, in religion. I, I love it. Yeah, that's a good one to point out. Yeah, any Anything at the end of the day, when it comes to forcing or controlling people to do something, that's when you got to draw the line. And you know, that always, that, that goes anywhere, anywhere with COVID, with uh, dress, dressing in a certain way, uh, behaving a certain way. Let people be free and let them do what they want to do up to the point where you're infringing on other people's rights and freedom and uh-huh. whatever they want to do. I love it. I love that. And uh, that kind of reminds me of this thing that I wanted to share on my last podcast that I had with the comedian, because uh, we we're going to talk about religion and how to not bow down to certain people. And it kind of goes with this right now, what we're talking about. So I would love to end with that. But um, as we end, what's something you would mm-hmm. love to leave the guests with uh, on some type of positive news, uh, a life hack, something that they could take with them that will help them in their path? Yeah, so... Um... I would say that just know that whatever you're going through and in your life that you are never alone like never alone and you know there's always this higher force that you can tap into and connect with that has held my hand through the darkest times periods of isolation where I have been truly isolated from the world, especially through what's happened with COVID. I lost everything because of it. And I lost, I lost my dream. What I thought I lost my dream because I, I just, my whole world crumbled in every possible way that, that anyone could dream. And I just think I would love to just let people know that you have to keep your grip on your truth and, 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 look in the mirror and tell yourself like that you're worth it. You're, you're worthy to feel love. You're worthy of love and you're worthy of creating whatever life you wish to have for yourself. Like that is so important. There's nothing more important than going inward and, and living your unique path. That's what we need on this planet, whatever that may be, anything. And I would say just, you know, you're going to always have people that are going to try to stray you away. You're going to have people try to keep you coloring inside the lines. I've had it my entire life. 
If I would have listened to those people, I wouldn't have anything that I'm creating right now. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a life that I'm, ex- I'm, I'm truly, I can finally say that, like, I'm excited to wake up to. And we need more people excited to wake up to their lives. And the way that that's going to happen is shifting the mind frame of out of fear, uh, out of feeling like they need to, uh, you know, have the safety net of whatever sort of job or, or lifestyle or relationship that is pulling them away from their eternal truth, which requires radical self-awareness. So I would just say for people, a long-winded way of just saying, like, know that you're never alone. You're always connected. Tap into your self-awareness. Ask yourself intuitively what you need and what you can do for yourself. And then a, in what ways you can shift that into the collective to bring us, um, you know, back into higher awareness and into a deeper sense of collective um, unity and love. So, I love it. That's awesome. Very well put. And that's so synchronistic because the video that I'm going to share with you right now, it's titled Trust Yourself, which is basically what you just said, just broken down into two words. Trust Yourself. And so I'm sure you've heard of Terrence McKenna. This is from Terrence McKenna. It's a video that I watch at least, no joke, two to three times a month, maybe. Um, I've added into this playlist that I use to kind of help wake people up. And so this is what I want to end with. Um, it's a couple minutes long. If you want to uh, wait or if you need to go, you can go. But I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. I'm going to put all of your links on the show notes. Um, is, but is, is there anything else you want to promote? Um, no, yeah. No, just my my socials if they would like to connect. Sure. And yeah, I would love to, to listen to the video. Okay, great. It's a couple minutes long. And the video, like I said, it's titled uh, Trust Yourself, Terrence McKenna. It was posted by Aaron G uh, a while back, and I love this video. I, I've watched it so many times. I basically know it by memory, but um, I'm gonna play it here, and then maybe I want to get your take on it at the end. So I'm not gonna play the okay, whole great. thing. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I might just stop it at some point, and then we can just discuss a little bit on it. I think you'll love it. Okay, sounds good. All right, y'all. This is Terrence McKenna, and trust yourself. On through several thousand years of dominated culture, if you want a teacher. Try a waterfall, or a mushroom, or a mountain wilderness, or a storm-pounded seashore. This is where the action is. It's not back in the hive. It's not in the anthill. It's not knocking your head against the floor in front of somebody who claims that because of their lineage and whose feet they washed and whose feet they washed, that you should give credence to them. Knowledge is provisional, and uh, we, we are yet to approach even the first moment of civilized understanding. The way it is to be done is by trusting yourself, trusting your intuition. Reject authority. Authority is a lie and an abomination. Authority will lead you into ruin. It's not real. And it isn't, don't get the idea that it's this liberal rap about how everybody has a piece of the action. You know, the Jews know something, the Buddhists know something, the Huichol know something. Nonsense. Rubbish. Nobody knows anything. These are different kinds of shell games that have been worked out by priestly castes of people to keep things under control institutions seek to maximize control 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 that's what they're into did you think they were in the business of enlightening you 
saving your soul forget it control is what this is all about and to the degree that we commit ourselves to ideology we are poisoned any ideology marxism catholicism objectivism you name it rubbish all rubbish what is real is experience what is real is this moment and so then what it becomes about is what are the frontiers of experience how much of that has been taken away from us by these dominators by these priesthoods by these cults by these philosophical shell games well a lot that's the whole story of history our growing unease our growing disease our malaise is all about the fact that we are kept from the wellspring of experience we are sexually repressed you may not feel it but look back a hundred years to a world where pianos wore pants you know we maybe we made a little progress on the sexual thing maybe not maybe more or less than we think but we are repressed in all of these areas uh, and we are particularly repressed in the area that relates to the psychedelic experience because it is it is raid to the dominator insect invasion they can't take it they can't stand it because it empowers the individual it dissolves the cheerful model of science it's just exposed as you know a nice story it enriches the accessible universe tenfold a hundredfold a thousandfold it makes the individual complete within his or herself and this completion of the individual is extremely destructive to the plan of the dominators which is that you will be a cog in a machine you will participate in the life of an organization not your life the life of an organization you will go to some bullshit job you will pour the best years of your life and your genius and your hopes into this you will serve an institution you will serve 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 well it's a bad idea for free people to go along with this a much better idea would be to insist on the dignity of human beings to recognize that the freeing of slaves the giving of the vote to women the ending of public whippings that this program of political enlightenment must also then include hands off on how people want to relate to changing their minds we are not interested in being sexually so what do you think about that brianna yeah i i <laughs> terrence mckenna is an absolute force of nature like for anyone who needs some free time uh, or if you have some free time just like go down the rabbit hole of terrence mckenna because he has some incredible bits of just mind-altering information but yeah i mean it's pretty much um a summary of of what we're exploring uh, you and i together in these sorts of conversations and spaces which is just questioning um questioning the narrative and and melting away all the conditioning 
and asking ourselves why we're here on this planet and what purpose we can serve that could be higher than um, a, a system that maybe is not feeding us uh, the higher ups with their agendas. So uh, totally, like he says with psychedelics, that it's it's of course they they want to uh, make it a, a schedule. Uh, what is it? Schedule one, five? One. Schedule four? But, yeah, it's like the most illegal uh, thing, even though it's the best yeah, thing for you. So, exactly, because it serves as like the poster of of um, of pulling away of, of radical self-sovereignty. And um, that's, of course, a threat to the 1%. So, yeah, Terrence McKenna is an OG. Yeah. <laughs> I sure. love it. Well, thank you once again for being on the show. Um, I would love to do this again. Uh, you're someone I can talk with for hours. I can already tell we can go into all kinds of rabbit holes. Yes, thank you so much. It's been amazing to connect and talk. Um, I would love to be on here again. So thank you so much for having me. Sweet, sweet. So we'll set it down for some time down the road. And um, so thank you for everything, for joining us. I hope you have a blessed week, a month, a, a life. And uh, you keep on doing what you do. Yes, you as well. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you liked that. That was my um, little short conversation with uh, Brianna. Uh, very interesting and fascinating person. Again, every time I end these talks, it feels like I just went to church and got reinvigorated with hope and just, you know, that motivation that we are going to make it. And we will. Uh, one or two things could happen. Either we wake up now. Or we go to a through a terrible, terrible time where people are like literally controlled and brainwashed, and it's not until a coalition of small people who have the balls actually pull off the shit that needs to happen for the whole new world order, totalitarian, fascist dictatorship, run by Elon Musk gets destroyed. But anyways, that's a movie in and in and of itself, huh? I, I think I'm gonna start writing it. Anyways, that was my talk with uh, Brianna once again. And to end, um, I wanted to finish with this song that I've been jamming to today, actually. It's called A Quick Word, and this is by The Real Samson. Uh, this is a real interesting dude, real badass. I wish I could... Uh, probably, I'm going to try to reach out to him and talk to him, because his music is what you would call um, conscious rap, I think. And this is what rap was intentioned to be. At first, it was meant to, like ask questions and push back against the things that society puts forward and all that kind of stuff but then the pr prison industrial complex got involved and all of a sudden they wanted to promote shit that was meant to desensitize people and get people to do illegal acts and to glorify this type of gangster type of shit that you know nwa spread out and after that you saw like a 300 percent increase in violence against the police but <clears throat> That's a whole nother episode in and of itself. So let's just end with this song that I think y'all are going to really enjoy. It's all about, you know, COVID and Fauci and this whole shit that just went down. And I think y'all should go check out this artist. He's real. He's real badass. You know, he speaks. He speaks truth and it's entertainment as fuck. So without any further ado, this is the real Samson. And this song is called A Quick Word. Peace. <clears throat> 
Every night before I go to sleep, I speak to the man that rules above. He helps get me through these trying times. He guides my way and gets me through the mud. As a mortal man, I put my life in your hands because I know you'll do everything to steer me straight. And because of that, a lot of people tell me that I'm wrong and they act like they're right, but it's clear they ain't. They smear your name, but I fear your reign. Some folks don't know how much you sacrifice. And when judgment day comes, they're going to be sorry because they're all going to have to pay a massive price. But I won't because I live for you. No matter how many of my peers doubt me, every breath I take and every step I make is in your name that'll never change dear Fauci Easter is coming up do you think that I could spend it with my loved ones maybe open up the window let the wind blow maybe circulate the air mix it up some <laughs> no I was kidding too it's just a little joke I would never disapprove I already put the chair six feet apart and cut a little hole in my mask big enough to get my spoon through yep yes my lord vaccine cards are gonna get checked at the door I don't care if my brother my father my mother doesn't have it if they don't they can go next door they're not welcome at my table I don't care if you've already had it there ain't nothing you can tell me this is fatal I ain't buying into the junk that Trump sold you chumps fucking narrative I'm not gonna help you with your I'm trying to keep my health stable They don't even have their booster shots They're my family and I love them to death But they're gonna kill me if I let them in Should I do it or not? And my friend keeps trying to convince me that he's fine Cause he's been vaccinated but it isn't the same He only got two shots That was six months ago You gotta get free now The definition has changed He better stop bitching cause he might need four Maybe every quarter of the year there might be more Why would you ask questions at a time like this? I mean, <gasps> I could loot a Nike store Always talking about natural immunity Vitamin C and capsules of glutamine and exercise, going to the gym and eating healthy zinc and potassium. He probably loves Joe Rogan, and that's why his views are inapt. <laughs> I mean, fucking immune systems? <laughs> How stupid is that? When have we ever relied on those? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. What? Before 2020? Don't be a dummy. You know that was such a long time ago. This is more than the flu, misfortune and doom. This is apples and oranges, a fork and a spoon. Just two different things that you can't even compare. And if you want to go there, you're a moron if you do. <laughs> Idiot. Probably doesn't watch the news. He probably does his own research. He's a doctor, too. Thinks critically informs an opinion to the best of his advantage. I mean, I can't even talk to you. Have you not seen the SNL skits? <laughs> Rest in hell. <laughs> Piece of shit, don't even go there. I know you've heard the songs with Stephen Colbert. I know you've seen all of those vaccine musicals on the late night shows. How could you not? And if you don't believe those... I don't think that's what Fauci would want, huh? Nah, fuck the AIDS pandemic. That was way back in the 80s, man, forget it. I don't care that you got everything wrong back then, too. This is, like, way damn different. I'm willing to give you a second chance and a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Man, I don't like to get into the technical shit. Just tell me how many more injections to get. Gain of function. That's just Republicans saying some dumb shit. I don't count that. Fuck it. It's not about how many mistakes you make. It's when you make a mistake and how you bounce back from it. And you're real fucking good at that. There's so many things that have come to light. You could probably do something horrible like kill a dog and nobody would even... Oh, right. I don't mind if you butchered beagles. You can murder my grandma. I wouldn't look at it as evil as long as one of them doesn't do it with their careless actions. Maskless, ruthless people. It's like folks don't believe in you anymore. All the faith and the trust is gone. I don't care that you put hounds six feet deep in the ground. I always root for the underdog. Alright, I'm done fucking around. Insanity is doing the same thing again and again and then expecting a different result. That's not the exact definition of the word. It was Einstein's, but it makes sense, so it holds. Look, if I was your fitness coach and I was giving you routines to get to your goals, but you kept getting fatter and you weren't getting thinner, would you keep paying for me to assist you? No. Or better yet, what if I was your physician and you came to me with a sickness and I'm supposed to fix it and I gave you a bunch of prescriptions and they didn't work over the course of two years? Would you find someone different? I think there's a good chance you would, and if you wouldn't, guess what? It's your choice. And that's the good thing about living in America, at least until now, you had a voice. This has been a pain in the ass for everybody. It's really been a bitch from the start. But how many times you gotta get fucked for you realize they don't have your best interests at heart?
Peace.